welcome back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined on the line by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I'm wet. You're, uh, uh, elaborate. What do you mean by wet? Uh, uh, is your is your apartment flooding? A lot or... of rain the past uh, week or so. Well, I hear you, but you could be like it is here and be at like ninety degrees and sticky as all get out and no rain. That's what it's in today, like yesterday, and again today, and again tomorrow. It's gonna be just gross. And I'm gonna remind you, I live in Canada, and it's a, today is the seventh of June, and it's gross and disgusting already. So. It's gonna be a long, hot, sweaty summer. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm taking from it. <laughs> long, hot, sweaty summer. Not like as someone who is now like very accustomed to the cold and ice. I'm not sure I'm down with the hot, long, hot, sweaty summer. But anyway, otherwise, how you been, my friend? Taking care of yourself? Being good? Heck, just working on decks. Nice. Working on decks. I need to get some some decks going. I've got. I think mostly I'm just tinkering to guy and like upgrade stuff. I kind of want like the new Blue Sun Zenith from Myst- the Mystical Archive printing of it from uh, Strixhaven, even though I haven't opened like any Strixhaven cards because I haven't because we've been locked down. I haven't had a chance to go into a store to even crack a pack. So it's you know a little disappointing. But anyway, such is life. <laughs> Oh, oh, good news. We might get let out of lockdown on Friday, though. About time. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, we'll be back in, in, in about a month, I promise. Yeah. I promise. Because <laughs> they're already talking about a fourth variant, like another variant and a fourth wave that's on its way from India. Since there's a billion people there and a lot of them got sick real fast and sounds like they all caught COVID. And it's a brand new strain that, you know, it's going to run run rampant all over us again. So, good times. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> oh, Craig is right. All right, let's just start with the get from the giveaway talk. I don't know where any... What, seriously. Because um, if I have to insert the, the the blurb for the Lotus Council, I can insert it later. Like That's easy to record. I can do that on Audacity, splice it in. It's fine. Um, all right. So, uh, so Lux, tonight is episode 70, which is hard to believe we got as far as episode 70. And, uh, well, as is customary, we're going to be giving a little something, something away as a thank you to all our listeners out there. I know there's not a lot of you, but those of you who check us out each and every week, you are... Uh, no doubt about it. The uh, the the heart and soul of our show. We love to we love to find like, check out who's listening to us and hear that people you know are are, are switched on and want to hear us. Um, so we're gonna be giving away a pack of MH2. Sweet. Ooh, yes. that sounds nice. That sounds nice. Yes. So we're gonna be giving away a pack of Modern Horizons two, um, and stick around to the end of the show, and we will be sure to fill you in on how to you two can be entered to win. Um, also, we made five hundred followers on Twitter, which is kind of cool, 
Right? Think about it, Lux. Did you ever think 500 people out there would follow us? No, I actually didn't. I didn't think there were 500 people on Twitter that were involved in magic, let alone 500 people who would follow us in the magic community on Twitter. So that's how much I know. So, um, yeah, kind of cool. Let's work All to right. a thousand now. Um, so yeah, as go ahead. Let's work to one K now. Well, yeah. I mean, we'd love to get to a thousand people listening, uh, following us on Twitter. Uh, it's it's tough going. It's slow going. I mean, but I think it's I think it's good. Um, we, I'm excited to think there might be 500 people who who you know might check out our show in any given week. Now we have yet to see that yeah. actually happen. If we had 500 people check out our show, if everyone who followed us checked out our show you know for one week our our stats would be off the charts for that one week could you imagine like just like 500 people like plow through our podcast and just boom rocket like the whole whole, like the rest of the month is just gravy town (laughs) because like (laughs) like that would be eclipse all of our listens for like the month by like a factor of like three It'd be crazy if everyone and so loved would love it if we could happen. I don't know if it's gonna if it's in the cards. Really don't, <laughs> but it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Even ten percent of the people listening would be a good week. Like really, yeah. Like that's where I'm at. Like if we had ten percent of our five hundred people who follow us check us out, I think that'd be awesome. That'd be a great week. We'd be excited. So uh, those of you who are out there, if you're listening to, listening to us, uh, tell a friend. Uh, you know, let them know, and and we'd love to have more people check us out, and that means more people who could get in to win the pack for MH2, which is good, right? More people is better. Get to spread the word out. All right, so check us out, folks. We gotta check out our giveaway and uh, tell a friend, I guess. <laughs> tell a friend. All right, um, all right. So tonight we have three segments. Tonight, Larry Lux, we've got um, our segment one, which is going to be some garbage or great. Uh, segment two, we'll have a quick conversation with Lux about uh, the return to in-store play since uh, in-store play is now resumed. And um, I'm not going to lie, that's kind of cool because uh, where I live, in-store play hasn't really kicked off yet. It should soon, but it isn't yet. And so the fact that there's Lux living a reopening of his store and what's not, whatnot's going on is pretty cool. And then we're going to check out some MH3, uh, sorry, MH3, uh, sorry, MH2 spoilers as part of segment three. All right, so let's check out segment one and our garbage or great. So tonight, Lux, here's our card. Patron of the Orochi, six green green, legendary creature spirit, seven seven. And it says snake offering. And for those of you who don't know what snake offering does, check it out. You may play this play this card anytime you could play an instant by sacrificing a snake and play, paying the difference in mana cost between this and the sacrificed snake. Man, mana costs include color. Okay. And then tap, untap all forests and all green creatures. Play this ability only once each turn. So, is this garbage or is this great, Lux? And honestly... Like, to me, it's great. <laughs> I knew you would say that. 
Okay, let's let's look at this card. So how what what part of this card is great? Because I'm assuming you're like you're talking about the un, the the top untappability of this card, correct? Just that, and when they the snake offering too, because you know, they, there's a lot of snakes in the in green, and something. Depending on which one that you sacrifice, they you basically won't really be having to pay all that much in terms of you know, like, in a power level. All right, so now let's think about this. Like, like snakes are cool, but how many snakes actually impact this? So, like, I'm imagining you're probably playing blue and green. That's how I think this is going to work best. You agree? Blue, green, snakes. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking on. I'm looking on Scryfall. Like blue, green snakes seems to be the thing. There aren't that many snakes. I guess I mean, maybe I do the advanced search and look for card type. Um, we want I want creature. I want snake. How many snakes are there? There are ninety three snakes in in the database, and of those ninety three, highest converted mana cost. I'm looking here. It's like. There's a blood a brood birth viper is for five. What's the most expensive? The grave breaker lamia. That's black, but that's five as well. Uh, honored hydra is six. Hooded hydra is well, it's next spell. Um, Ice fang quaddle. Casito Orochi archmage. So I mean, probably in the best case scenario, you're looking at snakes that are probably somewhere between two and four mana, for the most part. And so, how much, how good is the this snake ability, this the snake offering ability? I'm not sure that it's particularly awesome. And then you have to fill your deck with a bunch of bad snakes. So. I'm sort of thinking you're playing Patron of the Orochi just because it's a giant 7-7 seven, seven, uh, and that with a disgusting ability if you can give it haste and tap it and tap it and do all sorts of fun things like that. So, I mean, I like the card. I'm pretty okay with this. This is the sort of jank that I want to play. And I love the idea of untapping my forests and all my green creatures and doing something dumb again. But... Um, yeah, I don't like I don't like the sneak offering. I think that's kind of like a marginal thing that I don't really dig. Am I crazy? Well, the Lux, tell me I'm crazy. And honestly, in the whole snake offering thing, and I think you should be allowed to use anything. Because you know they should count as stakes, shouldn't they? What does? And they, you say, um, changes and no, like serpent, they, they should count as snakes because, like, it really, oh, like, it honestly oh. feels like that's what we moved away from. Like, we've moved from snakes to them just being like, labeled as serpents. Hmm, interesting. I, hmm, I don't know about that because, like, there's definitely a creature type snake that is, you know, out there. And I think there's a difference between a serpent and a snake. 
Let me just go back here. We're just going to change this up to for type serpent. Because I don't think it's the same thing. No, it's not. So serpents don't work. That would be more interesting because you get a lot of big fat creatures, like a lot of those big blue sea critters. Would, and that would make this guy a lot cheaper, which I like. But they they don't make snakes, and and this guy like relies on like specifically it says snakes in the in the card. Well, so maybe we could use the, unfortunate. So it means like we could use it loosely, like the term loosely. Yeah, well, I think you also use you can use you can use the you can use changelings too, right? So like you can use snakes. You can use changelings, which are also snakes, even though, you know, that seems kind of weird. So, how many good are there? Any good changelings you could use with this to sort of utilize, like, maximize this? Let's have a look. There was a bunch in there was a bunch of changelings in Calheim that might, you know, frustrating change. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I need to put shapeshifter on here. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what do we got here? We got things like Bloodline Pretender, Brightling, Cairn Wanderer. <gasps> oh, Chameleon Colossus. That could be handy. I like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, do you have some options? I'm okay with that. All right, so changelings and snakes, but you're still probably only getting this. But like, and like, so I guess it, like if you can do that, this comes down with flash speed. That's cool. That okay, okay. You've talked talked me into snake offering being better than I thought it was, because like if this comes down as a surprise blocker, or you play it end to turn and can untap it. And max, and then use your forests like twice next turn. Like, that's kind of big game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, like, let's imagine you have a four mana snake on the board. You can sacrifice it to patron of the Orochi. Your seven seven comes down. Surprise blocker eats their thing. They untap. Sorry, you untap, and now patron of Orochi lets you go. Lets you go crazy. I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm warm. I'm, I'm better on this card than I thought it was going to be. I like this. All right, you got, you got, you, you can convince me. Like you could do something like, oh, you could like something like a clone. Okay, clone. Um, yeah, no, okay, I'm in. All right. And honestly, I think this is the first time I've ever changed that, your mind on a card. Maybe, but I like like I hadn't appreciated how interesting that shapeshifting or sorry the, the the snake offering was. I was like, whatever. But when you realize it comes down at flash speed, that's big game. Like it, like and maybe it enables a combo turn or something where you like you float a pile of mana and then like do something gross. Like okay, like I'm kind of in. I'm kind of in. All right, that seems like fun. I like that. I'm a fan. All right, Lux, you got me convinced. You got me convinced. This card is better than I thought it was. I already thought it was decent because that tap ability is broken. 
but the fact that it now comes in at flash speed, if you put it in a snake deck, I'm pretty okay with. Because it doesn't have to be a snake per se. It could be a changeling, and there's some decent changelings here. Like, you know, how hard would it be to put like a, a clone or a shapeshifter on the battlefield cloning something else only to have it become like you sack it to, to this thing and down comes a 7-7 seven, seven with flash and eats your opponent's stuff. I'm a big fan. I think it's good. Yeah. All right. I'm in. Yeah. I am in. All right. Um, segment two. In-store play resuming. Now, okay, I'll be honest there, folks. I, 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 I have not seen in-store play resume because in Canada, or at least where I live in Canada, that's not an option yet. We're not allowed to have in-store play resume um, because of uh, where we stand with our pandemic response. Uh, but Lux... Down in Texas, things are a little different. So talk us through, how does in-store play start to look for you guys now that you're able to open up the doors and let the, let the customers come back in? Yeah, because this past Friday, we held our first FM in over a year. And uh, let me tell you, the, that's cool. That's we, exciting. We actually had a full house for it. Okay, so what is a full house in the new world of um, having limited, you can only put so many people in your store? Because I'm sure, like, you still have limits on what you can put in your store. Like, a full house for us would... We're talking, like... Yeah, go ahead. And, like, within, like, a little bit of... Like, we kind of still have a limited capacity, but, you know, they... In terms of a full house with limited capacity, and I'm talking like 25, I think 25 people. Like, oh, there to play that's magic. not bad. And that includes cool. the employees. <laughs> so did you guys, did all of you get to take a turn? Yep. Or did, some, or did someone have to man the cash the whole night and that take one for the team, be, be a good sport? And, and let me tell you the there were some uh, fresh decks in, in this time around because normally it was like the usual and then a couple of and uh, jank decks but this time they were actually in the recent commanders a couple of which being kozuma ooh kozuma ooh I, that that's music too. I I like the sound of that I think kozuma's fun there was actually a Tegrid user. Ew, Tegrid. Tegrid. No one likes Tegrid. Yeah. Did someone, like, could you please tell me the table hated that person off the, right off the table, right? And no, act, right? no it actually, and they, they managed to they literally be going out. But, Ah, people, people, don't let the Turgor deck win. You got to get the Turgor player. Anyway, so you, but you had, a, you had a big turnout, though, on Friday night. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so, going to ask you a question. In your community, at your store, what are people playing? Are people excited for... Okay, I'm going to assume that standard isn't really particularly popular. And, Just assume uh, It's... No, it's not not a big thing, huh? But that's not shocking, considering having played it on Arena, I'm like, I could kind of pass on the format, truthfully speaking. It's not that exciting. 
So what's big? What's what are people excited yeah, to they, play? Oh, they're back they, in the stores. three in you know, the biggest in the like, formats at, at my LGS has always been the like, commander and as number one draft and then modern. Draft is number two. That's interesting. Okay, because I would have thought like there's a lot of maybe maybe you guys in Texas are a little bit spikier, and so people want to want to draft. Because um, I know here locally, people don't really like drafting the same way. Like they will do it if they have to, but they don't really want to. They'd rather play constructed. So constructed magic is more of a priority here locally, I would say. But anyway, that's cool. Uh, and EDH is top dog. I'm a, uh, because well because it's awesome. I mean, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, tell us, like, so how was the general demeanor of everybody at the store? Like, were people happy? Were they excited? Were they nervous? Were they anxious? Like, how were how was how were people at the store? And they and honestly like when we opened our doors like you should have seen they we had about like 10 magic players come in the second the doors opened and they they sat down holy moly of course like ever how i told you how i mentioned that the commander was the most popular format here well it guess who who guess who the yes. number one commander and it is currently at the, the store mm, not sure Please tell me it's not a Traxa. Nope. Bellatrix Witherbloom. Yeah. Oh my. So a bunch of Bellatrix decks floating yep. around, floating around your your your, yeah. your pods. Whew. Well, that's yeah, a thing. People have learned the power <laughs> of Witherbloom. Oh, uh, uh, they've all. The, so I think they just learned the ability, like the the fact you untap your mana is being broken in half. So. We learned of the new card, Patron of the Orochi, to go in your Witherblade yep. deck because who doesn't want who doesn't want more people or more mana, like more way to untap your mana? Like, come on, that seems seems good. But yeah, you say people generally were pretty supportive, pretty happy, pretty you know, pretty laid back about the whole thing. Ning, ning. And they currently like the receptions and they like, very positive and they haven't had uh, any problems and they nobody they starting things like nobody like trying to cause problems. Well, that's good. I mean, hopefully, the goodness people realize that, like, you know, after having spent 15 months or more cooped up at home, that now you got a chance to get let out of your house a little bit and go and do the things you like to do. Like, now's not the time to act like a dinkus because you're going to get asked to leave and then you can't play anymore. So, just saying. <laughs> so, um, no, that's cool. That's exciting. Um, what was the thing that you noticed most? Like, what did people comment on the fact that they were, like, they missed the most from not being in store to play? Was it the competition or was there something else that people really commented on that they were missing from um, their, Same. you know, pen pandemic experience? And they, and honestly, like, it's, like, it's the same as like the rest of the magic community. Like they miss the gathering the most. Like they miss seeing each other. You know what? That's kind of nice to hear. Like I think a lot of us get the sort of sense that, you know, particularly like, spikier players who you know maybe play constructed formats or um, are you know competitively geared. You know, even they 
just missed the chance to sit down and play with some friends, right? Yeah. More or less. So, anyway, that's nice to hear that people are missing missing their missing their pals and happy to get back and um, enjoying the game in, in person once again. Um, now, is there any changes to the etiquette or the you know how? A game of magic would unroll now and you know because i'm assuming you still have a number of precautions still in place for you know the potential transmission of the virus still yeah and they and people are being a little bit more careful and then they they're still wearing their masks and then they they they're like avoiding like physical contact that right All right. Uh, no, no real other, you know, other etiquette changes. Like, what about people asking to play with the card, like seeing other people's cards? Anything, anything there? I think really, all that's in a change is instead of letting people touch the cards, like they just and they slide it across the table and let them read it. I think that seems like a reasonable accommodation considering the world we live in. Um, do you guys still have the plexiglass up to keep people apart? No, they we took that out because and then it was and they wasn't really helping all that much. In fact, they all it really did was just and they kind of and they they stall games because you know and they it would get dirty and it would prevent people from seeing and like certain cards and then seeing what people were playing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. Um, what about eating? What are, like, I mean, I know locally here. You know, most card shops are within, you know, reasonable proximity to a coffee shop or a pizza joint. And so people naturally, you know, drift off to these places and get their lunch or their whatever and come back and eat. Um, but is there, you know, any anything that you guys have put in place to help mitigate the eating, you know, from local restaurants uh, at your tournament or at your event? And they... Mostly what we did was like give them access to more snacks and like we also have and like a little and a like a few tables outside the store. I mean. Oh like picking picking tables so people can like munch on their lunch out there. That or they like, like, we could always encourage them to like you know like instead of they come to the store they go eat first. Yeah, no, I, I was wondering, wondering if, like, maybe you've adjusted your start time for your FNM, so maybe people aren't rushing from work to the store and trying to grab a bite on the way, um, whether, you know, finishing up their burger or their piece of pizza, you know, in the store, right? Yeah. Like, they're, you know, encourage them to, you know, finish it up before they come into the store. But, you know, I was pretty cool. Like, I have to say, um, I'm glad to hear that people are excited to come back and, that the you know the piece that they're missing, the piece of like just the gathering part, is nice to hear. Like I had something that I wasn't sure would come back um, when when stores like people stopped going to stores to play. But anyway, I'm excited to know that people are still excited for that. Mention about uh, in-store play there, Lux. And. I can't really in, uh, say in the further is that you know, I'm glad it's back and actually look forward to in the drafting in the new sets 
we've been talking about drafting in a Strixhaven in this weekend. That should be fun. That should be fun. Well, I wish you all the best, my friend. I'm glad to hear your store is doing well. I'm sure your owner is glad that he managed to weather the worst of the COVID storm and so that he can, you know, keep the lights on and let people in the door to play, particularly if people are coming in and spending money on snacks and singles and sleeves and everything else too. So that's that's good news for you guys. Good news for you. That sounds like a lot of sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad uh, you guys are back. I, w- I wish we were too, but not yet, not yet. All right, should we move on to segment three, or is there anything else you want to say about the your in store? Yeah, let's move play? on. Okay, let's do it. So segment three, we've got some cards from MH2 that we want to go through that we missed last week or weren't print or weren't available. So, all right, Lux, do you want to lead us off with the first one? What do we and got we here? We have Esper Sentinel for one white artifact creature, human soldier, 1-1. One, one. Whenever an opponent casts their first known creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. Good grief. This is Mystic Study. <laughs> right? Like, more or less? This is like white Rhystic study. Yeah. Not exactly, because like anytime they on their first non-creature spell they cast each turn, which is going to be enough, you're gonna get them draw cards? Because you're not gonna pay. Like in Commander. Like this so this is like mono white Rhystic study. Like, oh my goodness. Any other any thoughts here? Honestly, in, uh, I'm thinking in a Nethroid counters, the one-one counters deck, and when they just and they beef this thing up, and, and they flat out they deny and uh, your opponent their spells. Uh, this doesn't negate the spell. Uh, you, you get to draw more cards, which I think is yeah. also a like, which is a which is an ability White desperately needs, and this. This 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 is going to be good. Like this, like let's be real, folks. You sure if you play this on turn one, it just sort of sits there for a bit. Although it is a human and an artifact, which are both relevant, uh, uh, like card types, for different reasons. Um, but you get you know this card that acts like a Rhystic Study, and if you put like a sword on it or you put some tokens on it, suddenly. You're just your your opponent can't pay for the cards. You're gonna draw a bunch of cards. So I think this card is actually really really good. Um, I know we passed over it in the past, like the last week. I was on my list, I think, and I think I cut it. But I think this week you should be probably trying to get a copy for a reasonable price before it um on the on the pre-order if you can get one right now it looks like it's like selling for 27 dollars about it's a little expensive so <laughs> uh, but good and card and i, I like mean like, have you seen how uh, much um, sword of hearth and home is selling for right now well i saw the post today and it's purely a fictional number like thirty-two thousand dollars or something like that which is totally bogus but anyway it's uh 
it's interesting. <laughs> so what, what else can I say? It's interesting. Um, after we have Esper Sentinel, we have Unbound Potential. One and a white for an instant. It's a, and it's a, it's, a, it's a common. And choose one. Put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Or proliferate. And you entwine for three and a white. Uh, so you can choose both if you pay this cost. So you can pay four... To have your two creatures get plus a plus one counter on each of up to two creatures, and then you proliferate, which means the the, the proliferation is going to pick up extra counters. So, wow, mm. for a common, this seems strong. New tech for Netheroy. Go ahead. I think a lot of plus one plus one counter decks are going to want this. Um, because sometimes yeah. you're not going to want to spend four mana and you're just, and you're going to have enough counters. You're like, well, I just need to proliferate and that could be all I need. Right. And the fact that like, you can do this, you know, I don't know if white green in fact is a thing, but like, you could infect them and then cast this, you know, on an end step when they're, you know, like, I just, I just think it's good. Like, I think it's a good card. Common thing is particularly potent little card yeah big fan <laughs> any other thoughts and eh, not really no fair enough okay um next moving on we've got uh fractured sanity want to read it up for us lux oh yeah the oh, yeah, fractured sanity oh, yeah. oh man Gray blue, like sorcery. Each <laughs> opponent mills fourteen cards. And cycling. Not done like, yet. Cycling like one and a blue. They discard this card, draw a card. When you cycle fractured sanity, each opponent mills four cards. That's basically eighteen cards if you and they cycle it. Um. No, I, I, you could, I think this would be, no, it's, it's not quite 18 cards, although you are milling, if you, I mean, because it says each opponent mills, like, you cycle this and for two, and you're making your opponents lose 12 cards between, between the, the three of them. What do you think? Is this, is this good? Is this a trap? What do you think? Honestly. Uh, what was that? You like, honestly, this thing is not the it's not resolving. <laughs> like I'm gonna counter this with my mana tie in my Nethroid deck because I'm playing counter spells. And they, <laughs> honestly, like, I don't see anyone being allowed to cast this. I don't know. Maddening cacophony got cast. This could get cast. Um <laughs> <laughs> Not that anyone wanted Maddening Cacophony to get cast, but this could get cast. Um, yeah, no, I think this is this card is cr kind of crazy. Really pushed, like blue, blue, blue. Like, get your opponents for fourteen cards. Like, that's 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 nuts. So, wow, I like that card. I like that. All right. Um, up next. Oh, anything else you I was just going to say is that you know, they, 
for a blue card, I'm actually interested in this. Me too. Although I think mill decks are bad, I would be inclined to fool around with this Maybe. in a deck just as sort of collateral value or damage. The reason so, why I like it so yeah, much no, is because it seems like a better anyway. version of MC Unthinkable. Well, I don't know if it was better, but it's definitely like in the same vein. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Card's good. Card's good. All right. Up next, we have Ethereum Spinner. Two and a blue for a 2 1 artifact creature, human wizard. Whenever you cast a spell with mana value four or greater, create a 1 1 color Thopter artifact creature token with flying. This seems good. I'm not going to lie for a common. Think about it. How many times are you going to cast a spell in a game of commander that is four, four mana value or higher? Like, honestly, Lex, honestly, in a game, how many? Like, I'm going to pull up a deck here. Yeah? I was just going to say, they, they, what do you think? They, not as often as you would like, but they pretty often, because, you know, they. Like, of course, you, you want to start the game out with uh, like a couple of like low cost and uh, like creatures, but then win a game uh, by using all low cost. So and I'm just going through a deck here. I've I got in front in front of me just to see you know what that looks like. Um, because I think we'd be surprised at how many cards in a deck. And this, folks, I've gone over this deck with us. It's uh, my Regna and Krav. It's a black-white deck. Um, and it essentially plays as a token deck. So let me see all the cards that have got four mana or higher. Um, let's see. Oh, yep, that one. Mm, no, not you. Oh, yes, that one. I'm looking at it. Here's lots. There's lots and lots. And that's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. Whew. So either my curve is wonky in this deck, or there's a lot of cards that's going to draw you, going to be make me value here. And doctors are plenty. Well, that's essentially what I'm coming up with. Oh, man. Let's see. Almost done. Almost there. Okay. So, in this Regnant Krav deck, not that I could play Ethereum Spinner in it, but let's see all the cards that are four mana or higher. There's a lot. Maybe this is a bad example. But I got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 33, 37. 37 cards with four or more, which makes the deck probably slow. But 37, if you have 37, heck, even if you have 25, 20. Like one out of every five cards you you cast are going to be going to net you an extra Thopter token, 
And that's not bad. I would just sort of sit there as extra incidental value. So I think that's I think the card's pretty decent. Um, I'm imagining you're going to want to keep an eye on him, but I think it's okay. So, all right, what's up next? Is this me or is this you? Looks. Mm. You're muted. I think maybe my friend. So up, up next, we got I said and done. I haven't uh, lost to your mic. Oh, I lost my mic. Really? Hmm. Am I still? Can you still not hear me? Okay, hold on. I'll be back in a second. Give me a second. Hello? There you go. Oh, there. Perfect. So anyway, um, yeah. Um, we were looking at said and done. Go yeah. ahead and give it a read. And they, here we have a, a split card, which is the ones from Ravnica, like Ravnica, and like this one is uh, two different cards uh, on one. You can only use one. First, we have said and two in a blue. Which, the sorcery. Which it, hmm? So you just interrupt there for a second. The fact that they're not fused together, I think, is a really good thing because I think the fuse mechanic is kind of dumb. So uh, pretty okay with not having fuse. And if you don't know what Fuse is there, ladies and gentlemen, that's fine. Just enjoy Lux, Lux reading the card out for you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lux. Card from your hand, from your graveyard to your hand. And then done. Three and a blue, mm -hmm. instant, and tap. And they, they, they done. They three and a blue, instant, tap up to two target creatures. Those creatures don't untap during their controller's next untap step. Okay, so which side of this do you think you're going to play most often? Because I think I know what I'm playing more often, but what, would you, what do you think you're going to play? You put this in a deck. What do you think, Lux? I'll be honest, I think I'm putting the, I'm, I'm playing the said side of it almost yeah. every time. That done is interesting, Probably and I like it. I think that's, that's the limited. Yeah, I think the done half of it is like a limited card, and I think the said part is the constructed card. And they jam them together, and between the two, you get, and you get an interesting card design that I like, that, that everyone's going to enjoy playing. So... Because, like, two and a blue, that's Archeomancer. That's pretty potent. You can return something to your hand. That's pretty broken. But people are going to, like, you know, essentially be looking to, to make sure that you don't get a chance to do that. So, I don't know. Like, I think I, I like the said side. 
Dunn, I think Dunn's fine. I think there'll be times when you will need it because you're on the back foot and you're gonna you're gonna, gonna die if you don't tap their things. But anyway, I don't know. I like it. I like the car. I think it's fun. Anything else about uh, about uh, our dear friends said and done? No. All right. Uh, next up on the list, we have Scuttle Tide. Right? Did I, did yep. I miss a card? No, yeah. oh, I didn't miss. I got it. Scuttle Tide. One in a blue for an enchantment. One. Discard a card. Create a zero three blue crab creature token. And if you have Delirium, which means uh, if you have four different card types in your graveyard, it says crabs you control get plus one plus one. As long as there are four or more cards in your uh, more card types among cards in your graveyard, so you know you're very easily, I imagine, going to come up with you know having zero, sorry, one four crab tokens all over the place. Am yep. I right? So I'm wondering how good is this card? Because I, I feel like. The delirium bonus is not that big a deal. And your opponents can make sure that you don't actually hit delirium pretty easily. Like nor they can also make as your crabs aren't important. So no, I'm not like I find it interesting. I just don't know like I just don't know if there's like maybe is you think there's a plant for like crab tribal in a couple sets? Yeah. Because I kind of think that's what they're doing here. Kind of like how they gave us squirrel pieces, like, in advance. I kind of think Scuttle Tide is the same way. It's kind of like leading us into something where scuttle, or where crabs and sea creatures or that are going to be a thing. But, uh, I don't know. I think the card's interesting. And you could, like, in a Madness deck, you could go wild. If you were playing some sort of blue-black or red-black or, sorry, red-blue, like, Dak, you could maybe. Oh. Anything else about uh, Scuttle Tide, or are we uh, moving on? And no. All right. Break the ice. This is you, right? Yep. For two black uh, sorcery. This card is gross. And destroy target land that is snow or can produce colorless. Overload four and two black. You may cast this spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. Oh man, Feff is gonna hate this card. Okay. Feff is gonna hate this card. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's go looking at lands that this blows up. I think this card, like this is like this card is gonna be really mean. If you build your deck. In such a way as you don't pack a lot of... Oh, uh, wait a second. It doesn't even matter because it has overload, which means it's your opponents, not you. No, I I think that... Uh... So I'll have a look here. Um, so what lands we get that this nukes? Reliquary Tower, Ancient Tomb, Keswick Wolfrun, Rogue's Passage, Rexian Tower, Urborg, Tomb of Yogmoth, Alchemist Refuge, Temple of the False God, Cavani Township, 
and I'll stop there. But there's lots and lots of cards that we can we can carry on that. Lots and lots of lands there that got this. This card is just going to hose all sorts of these utility lands that get played in the format. Oh, oh, that's mean. I like it. I like it. So you skew. So now they're going to be extra incentive to be playing non-snow basics, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> all right, Lux, what you got? And this is yours. Oh, it's me? Oh, dear. Sorry. Uh, so we got Magus of the Bridge. Uh, Magus of the Bridge is black, black, black for a 4-4 creature human wizard. Whenever a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, create a 2-2 zombie creature token. When a creature is put into opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, exile Magus of the Bridge. So this is a bridge from below. I want to be sure I get it right. All right, let's see. Next, we got Deepwood Denison. Lux, what we got with Deepwood Denison? Let me pull it up. Okay, no the worries, deep, no worries. Deepwood Denizen, the two in green and creature elf warrior three two with vigilance. Five in green attack, draw a card. This ability costs one less to activate for each plus one plus one counter on creature you control. This card is going to be very easy to have if you like just a single green mana tap draw card. Like that's what it's gonna be. They've given us so many ways to put counters on things that this is going to like just like easily make it such that we can we can really only have access to like we don't need to spend that much mana on this card. Like I think it's, this card is excellent. So and for a common like folks like if you're looking for card drawing green, I think this is like this is music to your ears. Music to your ears. On top of it, it's an elf. So if you want to play elf ball and draw cards and do that sort of stuff, you can do it. Easy as pie. So, good card. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Um, after Deepwood Denison, we have uh, Timeless. All right. Um, after Deepwood Denison, we had. Timeless Witness, which is like Eternal Witness, but souped up. So two green green for a 2-1 creature, creature human shaman. When Tireless Witness enters the battlefield, Timeless Witness enters the battlefield, return target card from your graveyard to your hand, which is what Eternal Witness does. But this one also has Eternalize. So for five green green, you can exile this card from your graveyard and create uh, the Let's see, that's a copy of it, except there's a 4-4 black zombie human shaman uh, with no mana cost. So I like this card because, like, if, if Eternal Witness is good, this should be also quite good. Um, I don't know if Eternal Witness is going to necessarily be 
replaced by this because it's cheaper, but this is strong. And uh, I'm also going to be asking Chris, like, if we eternalize this card and then we can uh, uh, populate, do we get all the Timeless Witness triggers? And that'd be cool to know. Yeah, for sure. So we'll have to ask Chris about it. Um, because if you if you populate that, you could get a whole lot of triggers and buy back your whole graveyard. If you can get it to work that way and pop off. If not, just the idea you turn this into like a 4-4 that buys you back something, that's pretty cool too. So I like, I like the card. I like the card. All right. Next up, we have Tyler's Provisioner, the two green... This card is and creature nice. elf scarlet three two landfall whenever land enters the battlefield under your control create a food token or a treasure token is an artifact with two tap sacrifices artifact you gain three life there is an artifact with tap sacrifices artifact on man of any color wow i did not realize it was a food or a treasure i just thought it was a treasure token okay this thing is insane Okay, it's better than, than Lotus Cobra, straight off the hop. Alright, I know it's an extra mana, but the fact that this makes you treasure tokens makes it, makes, like, Cobra be jelly about the Tiles Provisioner. Alright, folks? Um, this is, this card's, this card is beautiful. This card is beautiful. Like, it's so good. <laughs> I'm like, it's a callback to Tiles Tracker, right? And this is, I mean, it doesn't get pumped the same way how this tracker does, but good grief. This card is crazy. Wow. Is this your favorite green uncommon in the set? It's mine. This card is excellent. All right. All right. All right. So, last but not least, we have Aether Sworn Sphinx. Seven white blue for a 4-4 artifact creature, Sphinx. Affinity for artifacts. So this spell costs one less to cast for each artifact you control. It's flying, and it has Cascade. What's not to love? I think I love everything about this card. I like the affinity. Because if you can make your... If you're playing Bant, for instance, and you've got your Tyler's Provisioner sitting there making more treasure tokens, you're going to be able to, you know, do something fun in terms of playing this early with the, with the Affinity Effect. I think Cascade is... I think Cascade is excellent. <laughs> Although unfortunate is you're hitting six because it means you're hitting anything in your deck. But wow, I like this card. I think this card is lots of fun, and I want to play it. Any last thoughts? All right. All right. So, um, that's going to bring us to the end of our show, I think. Lux, does that sound about right? Anything else? Any last words you want to pitch in? Oh. Oh. Lux will be right back, folks. Play a little, uh, little, uh, I'm gonna sing for you again. Like, 
will sing the love to eat turkey. Love to eat turkey. Ah, good. I love to eat turkey, cause it's good. I love to eat turkey like a good boy should, cause it's turkey to eat. So good to eat. I was just talking about Aetherspawn Sphinx. I like it a lot because of affinity. The cascade is crazy, you don't know what you're gonna hit. I really like the card for every day. I like the card a lot, so let's say hey. What do you think? The Aetherspawn Sphinx, you in? I know it's nine mana, like it's super expensive, but like with your tiles provisioner vomiting out treasure tokens, the affinity actually gets cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> like this if this were some sort of a band deck, you play like jam your provisioner and like make some clue tokens and some treasure tokens and some food tokens. And then if there's one Sphinx is just like white blue and then a whole bunch of artifacts. I like it. And then you get the cascade and you find something cool. It's unfortunate that it's six, yeah. right? So, or, or sorry, for nine mana. Like you're literally hitting any spell in your deck. Which is kind of like a problem because it means you're probably not hitting something truly degenerate or broken. It's just good value, but I still like it. I like the card. I want to bring that, bring a eighth of Sworn Sphinx. I gotta find a deck with lots of artifacts. Anyway, I like it. I am a big fan. All right, that's that. That's about it. Can you believe it? That's about it, my friend. So let's bring it to a close. Deal. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to win the pack of MH2 in our giveaway, this is what you need to do. When the link for the show gets posted on Twitter, you need to do the following things. A, you need to be following us on Twitter. So press the, the follow button, and you're good. Okay. Then, when the show comes out, you need to like it. It's also super easy. Costs you nothing to like it. Click like. And then you need to retweet it and use the hashtag, hashtag, exp cast all right that's that's the plan for epic exp cast that's our that's our that's our hashtag so you can find us we can find you all that good stuff so steps are simple follow deal like deal retweet awesome hashtag it hashtag epic exp cast and then you're in, put in. Then you're put in the competition for your chance to win a pack of MH2. Does that sound good, Lux? Yep. You tell me. Does that sound good? Yeah, definitely sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I think it sounds. I'm in. I'm in. So, folks, super simple. Get yourself in there. Get in. Uh, we're gonna be uh, gonna give you guys a couple of weeks. So let me look at the calendar. Quick, quick as a bunny. Is that an expression? I guess it is. It is now. 
quick quick as a turkey so um today is the seventh we will we will be announcing on air the week of the 28th of june so you got this week next week We'll do, we'll do the 28th of June, just before, just before sort of our, our, our giveaway before the uh, the two holidays here. We have one for Canada Day and then one for uh, 4th of July for you guys, your Independence Day. Sound like a plan? I like the plan. I like it. I like it a lot. Yep. All right. Uh, if you like this week's show, um, you can we'd be love to hear some feedback, folks. Love to ha- get it. So... Um, you can contact us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at, at EpicEXPCast. Uh, that is our handle, and you can find us along with 500 other people who follow us. Um, or you can find, you can email us at uh, the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. Both of those are going to be in the show notes down below, so you can find them for yourself. Uh, the link to the Lotus, uh, Lotus Council Discord is also going to be there, so you can find it uh, and you reach th- reach us through the Lotus Council Discord. If you like any of the decks that we brew on this show, you can find all our decks available on Moxfield.com under the username The Epic Experiment Podcast. Um, that's all one word, so please check it out. Um... By all means, whatever platform you're checking out our show, whether it's on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, or just on LotusCouncil.com, now on Spotify, and lots of other places, please be sure you like, subscribe, follow, retweet, or whatever it is you're doing, just to help spread the word a little bit further that we are here each and every week trying to help you know people have fun playing Magic, talking... Uh, all things commander and happy to help other people get a hang on the game. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, our dear friend Chris coming on to help us talk MH2 rules, which will be cool. If you have rule submissions you want us to uh, go over with him, uh, again, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you want to, what you want us to hear us talk about. Otherwise, Lux and I get to make the list of what we want to talk about. So, uh, but that is for next week. Uh, until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, take care. All the best wherever you next play, play, play matches, folks. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.